0: Hi everybody, today we have with us for our podcast, Ms. Anurama Suresh. She is the founder of Shrihi. Her company Srihi, works towards simplifying mind and being. Their niche is in coaching young people to overcome fertility, pregnancy, related mind challenges. They have 78 successful pregnancies till date. Anurama is a mind coach, master NLP practitioner. From NSNLP, Florida, and gestalt therapy practitioner. She holds 10 years of experience as a mind coach. She has a prior 10 years of experience in IT. Her company, Srihi, was incubated at NSRCL IIM Bangalore, for a period of 15 months. The team at Srihi is personally trained and mentored by senior professors at IIM Bangalore. Welcome. Welcome to our podcast, Anurama Ji. So, happy to have you here. Thank you. It's a pleasure
1: to join you today. Thanks a lot.
0: So, let's start with a and a Q&A session. Uh, Anurama, what made you enter this field? I just uh, have read out that you are in IT. So, what exactly were you doing there and what made you enter this field?
1: Okay. So, basically, I'm an engineer. So, when I was working in IT, I had worked with company Infosys. I was a senior technical lead, uh, you know, when I was in Kyocera. And at some point of time, I realized my biological clock was parallelly ticking. I became, you know, mother of two kids. And I realized uh, with both parents working in IT, it was very challenging to take care of the children. Uh, both of us used to sit for long conference calls at times. And uh, a part of me was very guilty that I was not available to my kids, you know, as a mother. So I, I was in a uh, crossroads at some point of time, you know, wondering, do I need to really pursue IT? Is there that my heart belongs. And uh, luckily, you know, uh, I think the decision to quit IT turned out to be one of the best decisions I've made in my life. Though initially I was in my own uh, you know, worry mode, did I do the right thing or not? And it was only a work from home kind of option that I was looking for. You know, In the initial months that I quit IT, I was predominantly looking to keep myself busy when the kids had gone off to school. That was my initial mode. Uh, I came across a company, which uh, a company called Mind Genie, which was actually looking for people who be interested in coaching. And the uh, clause was that you know I do my NLP certification from a certain institute, and you know go through their coaching uh, certification, the, the coaching mentoring process that they offer, get certified from them, and work as their mind coach.
0: Which place of this? Uh, which company was this? This was called Mind Genie. Mind Genie.
1: I'm talking about way back in 2009, 2010 so that was when i did my uh, nlp basic practitioner course
0: from in bangalore only this was
1: in bangalore this was in bangalore new way academy from bangalore and uh, uh, after completing the basic practitioner course i was personally mentored by the uh, senior uh, coach of the company my engineer mr bharatwaj vasudevan and uh, after an elaborate process of you know the various styles of coaching or you know what formats or how do we need to do whatever whatever I comfortably started working from home doing executive coaching, executive mind coaching for a period of uh, 10 to 11 months. Uh, The company, uh, you know, shockingly came to a closure. The CEO expired all of a sudden, and I was in crossroads again. And it was my husband who actually, you know, gently nudged me telling that, uh, you know, why don't you continue in the same line? You seem to be more peaceful. This work seems to give you a lot more satisfaction. Why don't you continue? Why don't you pursue this same line? And initially starting off on my own was not easy because it was a different thing when, you know, there was a company which was backing, uh, getting clients or whatever. You know, they were doing the marketing. All I had to do was sit at home and do the coaching. Whereas when I had to, you know, do it on my own, initially I
0: actually find your own clients.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Initially, I had done a lot of, uh, you know, workshops on a freelance mode. I uh, done a lot of corporate workshops, too, on a freelance mode. At some point of time, I was asked, you know, why don't you have a company registered? It would be easier for us to raise invoices or, you know, to be easier for the process uh, or to even make you as a vendor as a part of the system or whatever. That's how I even went ahead, registering for a company. <laughs> so to make the short, the long story short, I'm sorry, uh, to make the long story short, uh, I'm happy that, uh, you know, in a way, uh, all the dots, In my life, turned out to be the best possibilities that, uh, you know, got kept in store for me. And uh, fertility coaching also happened completely out of the blue. I was only doing executive coaching initially.
0: All right. So, uh, uh, like uh, you were saying that you were able to, you know, put all the lines on the dots. So, what were the actual challenges you faced while you were setting up your own company? I know registering companies in India is not easy to begin with let alone finding clients and convincing them that yes, you are experience. So what would be the challenges for a budding life coach to be at what who you are? You're very well established now. See, something as simple as, uh, uh, you know, there are, there
1: are coaches out there who try to push themselves too hard. I've realized India being India, if our work is good, word of mouth is the best way of getting the next client. Okay. And uh, I've realized irrespective of digital marketing, irrespective of whatever modes that you try, When your work talks for itself, clients actually queue up. It takes time, it takes a lot of effort. For any budding coach, the first three, four years, persistence is the key. They need to persist amidst all odds, and especially for women to have their own company to balance their household. And, you know, because company is not just doing what you love to do. I cannot just say, you know, now I, I love coaching, let me just coach down the clock now that I have my own company. I still need to look at uh, you know the accounting part of it. I still need to look at mentoring my team. I still need to look at so many logistics that I have to plan. So it, it it takes a lot more effort when compared to what we are truly passionate about. Though we think that you know I don't want to work for someone else. I'm working for myself, and you know I'm making a difference or whatever. Behind all these one-liners that we think that you know that these are the are uh, the dream statements that usually float around to propel people towards becoming entrepreneurs. Behind all that, there's a lot of work. Absolutely. Because also that, you know, we, we have to meet day in and day out. I guess having the right support system also makes in a lot of difference. You need shoulders.
0: Support from your family and friends.
1: Family, I would also say very good set of girlfriends. For women, okay. having a good set of girlfriends on whom you can bank on is would be a great strength. Mm-hmm. And yes, family would become your pillar because at the end of the day my husband knows you know if uh, if i'm if i'm dull or if, if there is some issue that i'm facing with the company even by one look at my face he understands that uh, you know what's going on with me that that's that's a big gift that's a big gift and parents and in-laws my in-laws are my second set of parents so you know having that tight knit support system is
0: a big gift for any woman to you know fly and i'm i'm happy you could get all the support so Anurama, I have uh, read and I also know that you have helped many people conceive. This is a very uh, great achievement because I know people, the hospital uh, charge thousands and lakhs of rupees for IVF. And it's not an easy job to get pregnant once you are, you know, across a certain biological age. So how did you achieve that? Tell us something about your journey and what, what exactly do you do? I simply believe in one small, uh,
1: one-liner, Anuradha. if I can be very honest with you. Uh, if you remember your grandmother or your great-grandmother, I know very well that when my grandmother conceived her last child, she thought it was her menopause. You know, in fact, for her, it was five months down the line that they, she even got to know that she was carrying a child. And all of us who have you know, come in that same lineage, we'll have that in our DNA. So, if the doctors are telling us that our biological clock is ticking, we cannot conceive beyond a certain age, uh, you know, our ovaries might not be strong enough or, you know, there could be this problem, that problem. I Simply ask people, what about your grandmother? Tell me the story of your grandmother.
0: But Anurama, like, you know, um, from what I know of grandmothers of my generation, they got married very young, 16, 17. And so, at that time, there was no family planning as such. You got married and you had babies. Before you were eighteen years old, now now we are getting married at thirty five because we have a career to develop, right, right.
1: I don't deny that fact, but what I would just want to emphasize here is it is not about the age that we are getting married, it's about the belief that we have in the mind that really? beyond okay. a certain age, I cannot conceive oh it God. might not become easy for me to conceive this belief it gets strengthened by the medical you know fraternity repeatedly, telling you know the it's the lifestyle issue inexplained unexplained infertility is a term which is which goes around at least for more than 40 percent of pregnancies okay. and young couple are repeatedly asked to go for IUI or IVF yes, uh, yes, y- y- you know cycles That's pretty, That's pretty expensive. Expensive. It, it's very expensive not just expensive physically traumatizing mm-hmm. and uh, I you know when I when I wanted to pursue uh, and get deeper into this line of uh, fertility coaching I've had a lot of conversations with embryologists. I have a lot of conversations with lab technicians because I wanted to understand the process of IUI, IVF, what happens for women. And uh, one of the embryologists beautifully told me, you know, the, the lab technician, the, when we do the injection, we ask a lady to, you know, relax. We know that, you know, when her body is so tensed, when I see fear in the lady's eye and when I'm injecting, I know that this is going to be a failure. As simple as that, Anuradha. But uh, what happens, see, even for us to wear a contact lens. Yes, yes. Our eyes need to accept that. right? It's a foreign body. Only when we know that it's something good for me, I you know I can, I can need this, this is going to help me, I would accept it. Imagine women who are being pushed to IUI and IVF telling you, don't have a choice, you have to do it. And they're so scared. They're, the entire process they're going through with a lot of fear, a lot of worry, and the financial, you know, uh, this thing that it has to be a success. System. There's so much of pressure that they're going
0: through. Pressure of the society, from the families, that you have to give a... Uh, no family heir yeah and with all of that you know it's not easy on them and it's not just
1: women i also coach a lot of men earlier mm-hmm. you know yeah yeah many men are open in terms of talking about their issues be it erection dysfunction or sperm issues or whatever there were even men you know who have told me that they would have gone to meet the doctor with their wife and the man would have had erection dysfunction issue the doctor would not meet the man man, man you no know, eye to eye Whatever are his issues, she would only meet his wife and talk to her. The man will be sitting next to her. He will say, I
0: feel so invalidated. They are embarrassed to talk about such issues in many cases. But see, if that is a reality,
1: even they are human beings. Even they are going through their own pain. If we can be supportive and listening enough to women, why not to men?
0: What is the general age group of such people, Anurama, who are coming for counselling for such issues? 27 years right from 27 years to
1: 42, generally. that's uh, the I think beyond 42, not many people are, you know, that open in terms of even conceiving because automatically they start thinking, you know, if I conceive now, my kid will be, you know, by the time my kid becomes 15 years of age, I will become this much, will I be able to financially, you know, support or whatever. People tend to give up, you know, I've I've seen 42 to be more of a threshold. I'm even seeing if that could be broken and that is something that I'm working on at this point of time because uh, all said and done, financially, we seem to be much more better off when compared to the previous generations. So, you know, why to unnecessarily have that as the only thing to block? If you, had, if you are physically agile and if you think you can put up with a toddler and, you know, a running kid for a few years in the initial, that's the demanding time. You know, if if people can do that, gradually, we notice that, you know, as the kid grows, the older we are, there's a lot more patience in terms of bonding with the kid. The younger, the see, probably in the previous generations, that's where the bonding didn't happen. If you look at our grandmother's generation, they were too young when they got married. They were too young when they gave birth. So the bonding between the mom and the teenager, you know, or the question and answers did not happen really much. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, our yeah. generation has that as the biggest advantage. Our generation is the generation's next. And that is the biggest advantage. We've taken our time to understand, know our strengths, build our identity. And then when we are conceiving. We can actually be there to bond well, and we're not good. we are not the generation where we're going to have you know six or seven kids. It's going to be one or at the max two. And if you
0: know, so you, so you just talk to these people, the people who come to you to conceive, and you make them relax, and then with the change in their uh, th- thinking. Yeah. Uh,
1: Anuradha, I have defined a certain framework for coaching. I've realized okay, fertility coaching. There's a particular framework that I've identified and which I've come up with and i've also trained my team on the framework so irrespective of whoever coaches it's the framework that needs to be followed and it's it is an outcome promising framework oh, so yeah. it is not just relaxing people it is not, yes as you say you know one is relaxing people another we actually work a lot on
0: their belief system is hypnosis a part of your coaching hypnosis no
1: hypnosis is not a part of our coaching because many people are scared of hypnosis Frank,
0: because they lose control
1: Especially young couple, uh, I, I'll be very honest with you. Uh, many couple have at least one or the other, you know, past relationship that they would have overcome. You know, it could have been a college crush, or it could have been, a, a, you know, one marital relationship which you know ended up in a bad way, and then they are in another marriage. So they are scared that if you if they are put through hypnosis, you know, something that, that's unwanted, they will reveal,
0: they will disclose something that may hamper their
1: married life. Uh, in in our coaching, this thing actually he we were very clear that whatever a person wants to reveal of themselves, you know, and there's a hundred percent confidentiality clause, but everything happens only when they are very conscious about it, but still we work on their subconscious and make them understand. So we don't, we don't give them advice. We don't give them options. we rather facilitate the process and make people understand their own mind blocks. We you know, ask the right questions so that people can uncover and figure out where they are getting stuck. Uh, in fact, you know, something as simple as grief also might stop a person from conceiving. I've I've worked with uh, you know so many women, at least twelve women with whom I've worked you know till date. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were pro- predominantly after losing one of their parent, and they felt personally guilty that you know this was the cook- food that I cooked. My dad has his gastric issue after this food, okay. so okay. probably you know I'm 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 not destined to have a baby because of that. What if I cook something and my baby dies because of that? Oh Successful, this thing, but. Yeah. You know, the grief is high, the guilt is high, and they don't give themselves permission to conceive, and they're not even aware of it without knowing this. They go to repeated treatments, they go to you know, uh, various not just allopathy, homeopathy, Ayurveda, various treatments that they try, and a lot of self criticism that women have about themselves. You know, you know, we don't need the society to body shame us. I've seen so many women body shaming themselves, not feeling good about their body, not feeling good about their looks, you know, not feeling that. Uh, uh, they are even interesting for their husbands. Or uh, uh, The sad part is that know, sex becomes just another to-do list to be ticked for many couples. You know, a two-minute activity, you tick it, at least, you know, let's see if ovulation, the, the thing happens this month. That's how it is. Uh, the, the part of, you know, pleasure or play or nothing is there for play.
0: That is also a part of actually conceiving a baby. If it becomes more enjoyable.
1: For the hormones to secrete properly for a lady, right? There needs to be an emotional bonding. Foreplay is a crucial part. And many couple don't understand it. It's it's like they think, you know, it's just like another conference call or official meeting that you have to do. Just do it, just take it. Yeah, yeah. And there are ovulation kits which are available. So on the days that they know that the the ovulation has happened, they see to it that you have to do it compulsorily. Come water me. And that's not how your body works.
0: Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you are saying that you have uh, helped at least seventy-eight people to conceive a baby. So, what is the average duration? Like, suppose I come to you, I am twenty-five or not, let's say thirty years old. So, if I come to you, so how much time do you think, on average, a person will take to relax in front of you and then you become pregnant? So
1: three months to six months is the average time frame that that will be required for a lady to conceive.
0: What happens is
1: pregnancy requires two to tango. Many a times we notice only the lady comes for the coaching session.
0: Because maybe she's thinking she's the person who's most responsible.
1: Okay. Sir, you know, if she is in a good space to communicate things with her husband, three months is all it requires for her to conceive. If there is a big communication gap, then six months or even little longer than that is what happens. All right. And if the couple are, you know, ready to work on this together, then three to four months, the magic happens. All right. So what, uh, what we generally see is also that, you know, when we say three months time frame, the the lady's body needs to relax into the process. So the, there are times where, you know, should have taken the coaching session. The first month will be a definite no. She would be expecting, she would be you know, uh, looking forward for the periods to get delayed. It might not happen. So the second month, there will be a delay in the periods. You know, the, the, the body starts telling that, say, I'm getting ready for the baby. And when she really is ready to understand her body and be supportive of it, not start blaming. When you get into the blame game again, you're caught. It's, it's a tug of war between you and the body. You, know, you, you need to make friends with your body is what we teach them through the process as well. Once that happens, you know, conception naturally happens. And we we give them a lot of other value-added products too, which would help them towards, you know, keeping themselves positive or helping them towards. All right.
0: So, in the majority of the cases, you are in touch with the girl and the husband will be coming to you occasionally. But you're not touch with him all the time.
1: It's either the lady or it's the guy. If the guy has the problem, you know, I told you already. EDTO as permission, the guy separately. Mm-hmm. In those cases where the guy comes after three sessions or whatever, when the lady says that there is a conscious difference in her husband, she actually immediately signs up. She says, you know, I'm seeing, I'm noticing a difference in him. Now, I would want to take part. Let me see, you know, what I could do from my end. The same thing when a lady comes through for a session, we don't see so many guys, uh, you know, even noticing that the lady is going to a difference.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's that's the sad reality of a society.
0: And you're saying fewer number of men come to you for counselling, as compared to the number of ladies who come to you. Uh,
1: that is because there is still, you know, the the stigma that you know can stigma. I can I talk all of this or whatever. But right. the numbers are increasing day by day. I cannot keep telling that fewer number of men are coming. Uh, today, if I look at it, you know, I would say uh, when compared to if it's if it's actually you know 60% women, I have 40% men whom you know I'm coaching. With fertility-related issues as well, so the numbers are earlier. What used to be 90-10 ratio, now it's actually increasing, which is which is a good trend to notice.
0: How interesting! India is changing. Yeah, yeah.
1: And even with men, see, whatever it is, finally, uh, though they say it's an issue with the body or whatever, finally it's the mind. You know, the right. they would have been caught with you know some emotional abuse that they went through as a child or some belief system that they are caught with or their own worries, their own concerns, some past that they have not overcome. And once all of that is worked on and their self-esteem is built, the body naturally responds. You know. To...
0: I, I hope we have more people like you in India. Like if you can uh, find a cure for, you know, uh, helping people conceive, I'm sure there should be so many other diseases that could be cured by just changing your thoughts, beliefs and relaxing. Just a thought it
1: came to me uh, ultimately everything is about mind right and probably because of this this current lifestyle you know our houses are becoming bigger but uh, the time that we get even to sit and you know do some self inquiry or self realization most of us say we don't have time how many of us are spending time on a regular meditation or even taking a deep breath at times i ask people when was the last time you took a breath when do you remember having taken <laughs> taking a breath we we tend to we tend to even forget that we're breathing, yes. you know. Yes. Breath also happens.
0: Absolutely. When,
1: <laughs> when we are running, you know, behind such a lifestyle, naturally we, we think that we don't have time, and then our mind is so cluttered. Uh, what what can you no? Know, there's no point in blaming our body.
0: I have another question for you Anurmaji. Um, I have seen your work and in addition to fertility you, and executive coaching, you also help people fi- uh, find you know, good relationships with people around them. So can you uh, give us uh, some tips, my viewers, some tips, how can you have more fulfilling relationships with our colleagues or with our husband or girlfriend, or people in general?
1: I, I would only say irrespective of whoever the other person is. We need to work on building a good relationship with ourselves. If we go on with ourselves, if 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 internally we go on criticizing ourselves, blaming ourselves, or finding faults with ourselves. You know, in a way we are we are kind of because of the educational system or because of all the you know goal-based system that we brought up with, we keep raising the bar for ourselves. Many of us think, you know, I need to achieve a certain position only then I can feel good about myself. I need to earn a certain amount or I need to look this way. Till then I cannot be happy with myself. The more we are criticizing ourselves, we don't have a good relationship with ourselves. When that happens, developing a relationship with someone else also is very superficial. So uh, the only tip that I would offer is, you know, if we can take time to empathize with ourselves, appreciate ourselves, because only we know you know only i will know what kind of you know uh, obstacles i have come across anuradha ji only you would know what challenges you have faced you overcome right if i am not appreciating myself if you are not appreciating yourself right then who is going to know our issues
0: who would know even this part of executive coaching also uh, because in at workplaces you have such sometimes bullies at workplace and you won't know what to do with them
1: yeah, yeah. This this could be applied to any walk of life. In fact, uh, actually, we also do a lot of corporate training. We do corporate executive coaching as well. But what I'm noticing is that, irrespective of whatever we call you know, executive coaching or fertility coaching or teenage adolescent coaching or whatever, ultimately everything comes back to the same thing. How much are you at peace with yourself? How much do you love yourself? How much are you willing to appreciate yourself? Okay. Hope the world might criticize you, everybody in the world might stand against you are you willing to stand up for yourself as simple as that self you know? yeah yeah it's it's not just self love it's about it's about uh, you know even accepting our own mistakes our own weaknesses and not being too too harsh on ourselves there's this <laughs> we cannot, we, you know we cannot come across anyone whom we can call a 100% perfect human being all of us have our own loads of imperfections, right? And yeah. you are the right person to know about all of this as well. So, yeah, so uh, I noticed that, you know, uh, somewhere we've lost, uh, you know, we, we look for everybody else to appreciate and we don't do it. know, I, in fact, uh, at times I even tell this sort of thing, it's almost like all of us are going around with begging balls. Appreciation, Biksha Dehi.
0: Exactly. Absolutely correct. We want some kind of certification from a peers also. Please accept me. I have done this. If you say I have done good, only then I am going to be happy.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And irrespective of number of awards we get, the accolades we get, you know, whatever we get from the whatever you put in, right, even then the biksha bowl seems to be always empty, contrary to the Akshay Patra that we know in our society. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the moment we start working on ourselves, uh, you know, the, uh, even in fertility lady coaching, you know, I've seen that makes wonders. The moment the lady starts falling in love with her body, the moment she falls in love with herself, the same thing with Gai also.
0: It is uh, not that simple, Anuramaji, You know, to fall in love with yourself, it takes a lot of practice, time, and
1: uh, we might all be very busy, but still, five minutes can't be spent for ourselves. Just five minutes of time. Even if we could sit with ourselves and reflect on you know what we did during the day, how can I appreciate myself? I know you know if I've got up at four thirty in the morning to cook for my family, only I would know that you know I've decided to quit the one or one and a half hours of extra sleep to wake up and prepare some good food for my family, My family might appreciate it or not, but if I'm not appreciating the effort that I'm putting in, no one can get to see it right And if I go on telling earlier, probably you know even not to talk about others. Before I stumbled on coaching when I was in IT, earlier I had been a person you know, who used to always say, I had got up at this time, I did this for you people, I did for this, you know, why don't you appreciate? I used to be in that, not, or if they're not appreciating, I might end up in a complaining mode. You know, after All the effort that I'm putting, no one is recognizing my effort or whatever. It's only after uh, you know, doing this inner work and realizing I have not been giving that for myself. And I see when I work with other people, I'm seeing, I'm seeing me in them. You know and seeing that they're going through the same pain that I went through at some point of time, so we we cannot judge anyone. You know, everybody has their own journey, and at times I realize that you know when we drop all judgments, the outside world we get we just get to see that there's a reflection of me, me and the other person. So and okay. and at a deeper and at a deeper part, it feels you know so so graceful. There's so much of overflowing gratitude.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, My next question to you, Anuruma is like at Shrihi, you are also helping uh, people find better work-life balance. So, can you uh, throw some light on this? How can you uh, as a coach help people do that in a busy busy life? So, uh, if you look at it, most of us right, especially when people
1: are working in IT or whatever, current worry is that not many of us are in government jobs. We are all in private sector. So, we don't have the pension comfort that our parents or the previous generations had. So the fear factor that, you know, anytime I might get f- fired or any time that I might lose my job, I need to have certain savings for my family. I need to make my kids study, you know, in a proper college or I need to give them the best of life. This drives many of us crazy to that extent that, you know, we think it's only about achievements. It's only about the career, 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 career. And there are times where we neglect on our body's demands of, you know, good eating at the right time, even going to the restroom at the right time. There are times where I've noticed people sitting on long con- con- calls, two hours of conference calls. They don't even take a break to stretch their back or to go for a simple walk or take a loo break. It was different at least, you know, when when we are in an office setup. at least then there are some meetings that happen with COVID situation when we notice that people are working from home. It is very challenging to see that now they're not taking their breaks. People are scared to lose their jobs. Yeah, so there's yeah. literally no personal life that they're able to think about. The, because of the fear of you know getting the this month's salary to keep the household running. They think that it's all for my personal life welfare that I'm giving for the career. But at what cost? You know, ultimately I've seen people whatever savings that they have, they go and spend it in some hospital. You know, in the name of diabetes, in the name of uh, uh, you know obesity-related complaints or whatever. But if we could actually listen to our body from time to time, or if we could spend some time with the family, simple pleasures of life. You know, have uh, spending the tea time together, sitting together and eating, which was very common in our older generations, right? Yes, yes. These days, food is kept at the table. Whoever comes serves, keeps going. The family bonding or sitting and talking, simple five ten minutes of bonding. Oh that God. brings in a lot of work-life balance. And we emphasize that, you know, irrespective of whatever it is, be it a one-to-one coaching or be it, you uh, know, workshops. Because ultimately, uh, in case if we fall sick, the company is not going to care for us. No, it's no. the family, our people who going to take care of us, right? Absolutely. And if we are not there for them at this point of time, it's not right.
0: So from what I have learned from you today is, uh, one should become more self-aware of your own body, of your own needs. Be it fertility, be it self-love, or be it work-life balance. We should try to take care of our own needs. See what we want.
1: To listen to ourselves, the more we listen to... Our body has a lot of intuitive intelligence. The more we listen to our body, it will naturally guide us. Okay. Okay. And, uh, and I've seen that uh, you know the earlier generation, women had this intuitive in- intelligence as inborn. They would exactly know what to do, you know, even if it's, it's going to be rainy or they, they can predict it really well. They were in tune with the nature. Currently, because we are so much with the thinking that we have to be you know, adapted to technology, we have to be in the fast pace. We're not paying attention to our body. We're not paying attention to our intuitive intelligence. You know, I, I feel you know the, it goes back to the quote, Dr. Vindai's quote, I guess, the door to happiness opens inwards. We're searching for it outside the more we are in tune with ourselves, our body, you know, and and when we start becoming one with nature, we'll see that irrespective of whatever we achieve or not, we'll be happy. And life starts providing for us.
0: Okay, I have one um, one last question for you, Ji. Like, how do you recruit partners or trainers for Shrihi? Like you said, you were one and then you have now a whole team. So, how do you make sure that they have good of you are? What, what is the criteria? Uh
1: i would only say that you know if they believe in the same passion of uh, you know towards fertility because fertility is a challenging field so i you know only people who are passionate uh, in this particular line you know i do the initial interview rounds and i realize that you know if i've seen that women who have gone through their own challenges in terms of conception become the best fertility coaches because, you know then they don't end up judging the other lady they don't tell oh you did only this you should have tried this no such advice okay. because they know that you know they've gone through their own pains that is one the other thing is you know if they are keen in learning open-mindedness you know uh, being in the non-judgmental space if I see even little bit of these trades I, I would I would love to have them on board so uh, simple things because any other uh, any other extra this thing right the coaching framework or whatever skills it's we Easily uh, build on that. Building capabilities is something that every woman is so capable of, and Indian women have the big heart, you know, to listen to someone else. So
0: that's the biggest strength. If we could bank on that, nothing like it. All right, uh, I have come to the end of my Q and A session, Anuramaji If you have any message for my viewers, anything at all you want to share with us, the uh, please you can say now. Really, the. Is all yours. With uh, the entire time with you,
1: uh, I really enjoyed, uh, and the conversation, you know, very enlightening. And for the viewers, you know, one small suggestion or one small request that I would tell is, you know, uh, you might be a parent or you might be a single person, you might be a married person. Irrespective of whatever, I would only request, you know, the one who is listening at this point of time, start paying attention to yourself, start appreciating yourself, start getting in touch with your body, listen to your body. Uh, you know, If your body asks for a simple stretch or a power nap, don't be too hard on yourself. Do that. If you feel like going out for a walk, go for a short walk. Start becoming friends with your body. If we could do that, our children will start learning from us. Because I've noticed that it's not what we talk you know, or what we advise that the children end up learning. Our kids end up learning, looking at what we are, what we do. When they see that you know, we are getting in touch with ourselves, they'll start getting in touch with themselves. And that's the, that's the best thing that we can give for the next generation. Because already the destruction levels for them is too high. They have so many different apps. They have so many different gadgets. You know, and uh, for them, the rat race is much more harsher, much more harder on them. So the only gift we can give them is the gift of self-appreciation, the gift of self-love, and the gift of them to get in touch with their own body. And as parents or, you know, as people who come in contact with them, if we could be in touch with ourselves, if we could listen to our body, that's the best gift we can give to the others. That's the message
0: I have. Wonderful message, Anuramaji. I have learned so much from you today. I am sure I have changed as a person also in this past one hour. I hope, hopefully for a better. And thank you so much for your time. It was very nice having you at our podcast. Thank you once again. I hope to see you sometime soon.